What, uh, what are you referring to? What are you referring to? I'm, re- I'm referring to the jogging black guy that attacked the guy with a shotgun, and now he's dead. And they want they don't they said it's because he's black that he got shot. And I told Cindy this man's building a house, and he put cameras in there because he was losing so many tools. And they have that guy on camera on five different occasions inside of that house. Now, they don't have him stealing stuff, but they can place him in this private property five times. And the way I heard the story was they wanted to ask him some questions about it because they said that's the same one that was on the videotape. So they pull over, and uh, the uh, Coast Guard trained guy, smart enough to know he might need a weapon, and the black guy attacks him. And they're saying, he, what danger is he? He didn't have a gun. Now, how stupid is that? You would just love to throw some of these DAs in a ring with these people with just their body in their hands and say, don't worry about anything. Uh, it's just fifth. They can't hurt anybody. So, in other words, what you're actually conveying is this is much like throwing the Christians into the arena in in Greece and Rome. Because the Christians say- uh, are trying to figure out what they're supposed to do to try to protect themselves. And uh, they keep letting lions out, and the person is left without many defenses when they've taken away all the defensive tools. Mm-hmm. And you know, she told that red-headed, bearded white boy, she said, if you were having problems... We have no records that you called the police. We're sick of calling the police, lady. They All they do is show up and want to take a big fat report for their computer. There was a man over in my neighborhood robbing cars, and they called the police over there. And the guy that went out to meet him said he went that way, and they said, well, we'll take care of him later. We need to get our reports started. And he said by the time they got through with the reports, he went and chased the guy while they were writing up reports. You know how the game is played, don't you? It's a, it's mm-hmm. an industry. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with protecting the server. So what does serve mean? You know, all these people are always talking about serving, aren't they, Doug? The troops served. The noble congressman, I mean, Teddy Kennedy served his whole life, didn't he? What does that mean? Serve. Are they serving us like a bull service as a cow? Is that their idea of serving? Yeah, I uh, uh, 
I don't have much to say about uh, any of this. You know, we learned about an hour ago that another death has resulted from the uh, black SUV driver. I haven't actually listened to anything today at all, not, not one minute. So I don't know what's what's been going on other than an eight-year-old has now died due to the injuries. So it's now six people that have died. And I'd um, like to let that guy run over the DA. No, give him well, a car, you know, put the, the DA after, and yeah, let him I mean, go. This. Yeah, this is where things are at. Um, okay, let's let's start with first things first. Um, why is this guy still on the street and not already six feet under? Um, good, good I don't question. know what I don't know what all his crimes are. Uh, but if any one of those has to, perhaps somebody knows more than I do. Like I said, I my mother called me, wanted to know how far I was from it, and uh, I told her, "Well, that's a suburb of Milwaukee." So, it's, uh, you know. But as I hung up that phone with her, I, I maybe I'd like to start with this because. I think this is something that needs to be said. As I hung up the phone with her, you know, we had general conversation about the situation. And I hung up and I found myself recognizing that I too. So now listen up, everybody, because you're going to hear okay. confess sin. Um, I, too, found myself recognizing, truly recognizing, that I have been desensitized to death. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I, I, I literally, I thought, you know, Father, immediately upon hearing that, the first thing that we all should think of is calling out in prayer. And, of course, we just had some chit-chat and general conversation about all of the possibilities, you know, not knowing anything more and knowing conceivably at that hour that there was at least some fatalities. And um, I repented of that. And and I called out to God and and asked for protection for the families and and the loved ones and and for his 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 guidance and hand upon those that were working the medical arena of it and to to save lives. Um, but but I realized for that for that moment there that I couldn't I couldn't even think the first thing that I should think and and those are all 
those are all kinfolk, you know, because I do know this much that pretty much everybody that I'm aware of that's been mowed down by the driver is a white, Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian individual. You know, so yeah. I really I really had to just think about the fact that I had I recognized how desensitized we've all become to death or killing or murder. I, I don't want to say death in that sense, but to truly a, a heinous murder of innocent lives. And uh, it it brings up the idea to me that the, the poem the pastor read so often, or at least maybe uh, to us a few times, maybe not as often as perhaps we should, uh, when, the, when the Saxons began to hate. Um, this is truly where we're at. How much more of this will we take? Um, Dick Hoskins, prolific author, sent me an email here this afternoon, just a couple, three hours ago. And here's a woman, and I could sense, I could sense Dick Hoskins was crying in his own, in his own right because of the words that he said. And here's a woman, a blonde-haired woman. All you see is from the backside. And he he is lamenting that this woman is no, no longer is it satisfactory to have tattoos. We have literally progressed to the point that this woman is having skin carved out of her body to make a permanent engraved tattoo on her back. Mm-hmm. Now, I had, I admit I had never seen that, and and I could sense in his words the the very words that he he was saying is that Father, forgive us, come quickly, that we might have opportunity to to worship you and to bow down to you and to give reverence and honor to you before we've lost every youth that is to be lost. And I've sensed his, his pain and his agony. He's, he's approaching, I'm, I'm sure he's my mother's age. I think he's either 88 or 90. Um, and he lost his wife a few years ago, and uh, Betty, the lady's estate that I had taken care of, why they had had communications together quite consistently, and and so that's who I had spoke with, you know, when I learned that Betty was in trouble and and consulted uh-huh. with my my elder Hoskins as to what I was experiencing and what was going on and 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 he concurred with me that that I should get involved you know get the sheriff's department involved for a welfare check with her and and that's how that whole ball began to roll so um but uh, he just you know we uh like I said, I, I I just wanted to say that I just I just realized for a moment that evening that wow, 
so desensitized to death as if as if it well it, it wasn't happening near me it wasn't in my town and yeah it was just another one of these things and and found myself realizing when i hung up the call how how desensitized i myself had become and because this is really what they've done to us um this is not like the Israelites of old who, you know, uh-huh. were, on, were on a mission for God in the days of Joshua and Moses where, where they put away murderers and they, and, and they abided by, by the law. And every time, every time they went in amongst these other nations or allowed them in amongst them did they compromise the word of God and I had told you guys last week I was working on a on a message and and I thought I was going to have it recorded a week ago and and I really felt inspired to put that message out and then in the last week I just didn't know what was going on. I had no desire to do it at all. No desire whatsoever. I just... Well, I, I want to read something to you, if you will allow. We have time. It's about three to four minutes, I guess. Well, absolutely. And, I, and I was thinking about Acts 2.38. And we've heard this over and over and over, haven't we? You could probably quote it. We could probably both get pretty close. But we're promised something, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. And so we've heard it our whole lives. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Okay, well, they've turned that into Casper. So what is a ghost? What is a spirit? Well, I've I've looked it up many times and read it. The best I can come up with is it's a force. It's the ability. It's a force that can move something. And so the other, I guess last night or the night before, I thought, holy. But you've never really delved into holy. What does that Force is that force is a holy force. So, I want to read to you the uh, the etymology of holy. Okay, so we can try to get a sense or feel of what's trying to be conveyed by this word. Old English, halig, holy, consecrated, sacred, godly, ecclesiastical, from Proto-Germanic. Helega, source of the Old Norse. Halger, Danish. Helig, Old Frisian. Helig, Old Saxon. Helag, Middle Dutch. Helig, Old German. Halag, German. Halig, Gothic. Helig. Okay, from Pi, from Greek. K, Kylo meaning whole, uninjured, see health, 
and the relationship with this word with health. Adopted at conversion for Latin sanctus. The primary pre-Christian meaning is not possible to determine, but probably it was that must be preserved whole or intact, that cannot be transgressed or violated. And connected with Old English, how <coughs> see health, and Old High German, how health, happiness, good luck. Holy water was in Old English. Holy is stronger and more absolute than any word of cognate meaning. That which is sacred may be derived may derive its sanction from man. That which is holy has its sanctity directly from God or has connected with him. Hence we speak of the Holy Bible and the sacred writing of the Hindu. He who is holy is absolutely or essentially free from sin. Sacred is not a word of personal character. The opposite of holy is sinful or wicked. That of sacred is secular, profane, or common. Holy has been used in an intensifying word from 1837 in expletives since 1880s such as holy smoke, holy mackerel, holy cow. Most of them are euphemisms for holy Christ or holy Moses. Holy Ghost was in Old English and Middle English often written as one word. Holy League is used in various European alliances. alliances. The Holy Alliance was formed personally by the sovereigns of Russia, Austria, and Prussia in 1815 came to an end in 1830. I'm going to stop there. We're told to love our neighbor. We're told the story of the Good Samaritan. And so I was wondering, who is our enemy? Who is our brother? And I'm saying to myself, well, A brother is somebody that follows the Lord such as we do. Would you agree? Amen. Amen. So in other words, if, if they aren't, then they must not be a brother. And we're not commanded to love them, are we? Well, I looked at that picture of that rat headed thing that killed all those people. There was no love in my heart for him. There was no love, and I don't think God's telling me to love him. How can he? It would be a contradiction. How is God going to tell me to love a murder, a shedder of innocent blood? I don't know. It would be a contradiction, wouldn't it? It is. It most definitely is. And he said, go in this land and kill every man, woman, and child. These are evil people, and they will destroy you, didn't he? Yeah. He said, don't do as well, they're doing. Don't do like they do. Don't do as they are doing. Don't emulate them in any way. 
So I didn't send you on this. I didn't say, and I and he did not send them on that mission because of their righteousness. Mm-mm. He sent them on the mess on on. He sent them on the mission because he, as the creator, has the authority to send one on a mission. So this Holy Spirit that we've been given has something to do with our health. (laughs) And it's something that others don't have, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a sign, isn't it? There is. And so what this force that he said, he promised us, this healing force would be with us. Right? Amen. And healing comes from the word whole. So I must assume that that this is the life that we're supposed to live. Is the whole life, not half life. We're living half life kinda of in this country. And and I was just thinking about that this government is fully participating in all this murder. They're fully participating in it. They're killing us. They're not my people. They're not my government anymore. I don't know. I've come to the realization that this is not a good deal. I mean, definitively. Think about it. Think about what the President of the United States, his son, came out yesterday and said, eat frog saliva. He's promoting frog saliva. Hunter Biden. And you know why? It's best psychedelic trip I've ever been on, and it cures you. Now, now you think about these fairy tales where they kiss the toad. Have you, have you heard anything about this toad poison they're eating? No. Well, this is the president's son, by the way. And Dr. Jill's. I don't know if it's Dr. Jill's or not. The point is that, that, that in China, you see a good tennis player, you rape her. And then if anybody complains... They disappear. And and so it goes. So it goes. We're going to have the Olympics over there. We're going to reward them with the Olympics. Because they're such a good country. I hope they take Taiwan before the Olympics start, don't you? Get that one over with. And clog up our shipping canals a little longer. They're our most favored trade partner. Did you know that? We favor them over everybody else. 
Well, we can thank uh, Henry Kissinger, the Jew, for that. Well, let's don't forget about Dickie Nixon. He is, yep. He's just as guilty as the rest of them. He's a good Quaker boy, or Quacker boy. But let's don't forget about Donnie Trump either, okay? Let's don't forget about him because when he comes back, man, he's going to fix everything. He's going to fix it all. Did you hear about the woman that was beaten to death, the white woman, at the Capitol on January 6th? Yeah, they kept beaten that pretty by well the secret, didn't they? Yeah, by the police. And then they want to talk to us about these radical thugs in in Milwaukee or wherever, Wisconsin, how they were just trying to save people by trying to kill this little boy. They were just heroes, Doug. Look, in contrast and compare how they shot that unarmed woman in the door versus what they were um, lamenting about this poor psychotic boy, uh, active shooter. You, you know what? They can't even hide behind their script anymore, can they? No. It's just so obvious, isn't it? And so everybody can't wait till the next election, Doug, when we can fix it. Did you know last when, uh, Thursday night or Friday night? It was Friday night. We have a high school on a bus, a band, coming down Texas Interstate, and guess what happens? Somebody hits them head-on in a vehicle. Now, nobody is suggesting alcohol as of yet. Why not? Why not mention it? If it was there, mention it. If it was not there, come out and say, there was no signs of alcohol, but instead we don't say anything. Band director killed bus Band director dead. Bus driver dead. 25 students airlifted 143 miles away. Didn't even make the news, did it? Because it was probably all white people, wasn't it? Well, I sure never heard of it up here. You did? I never heard of it, no. Uh, No, you're not. I never heard of it either. Well, what's your... Come on, guys. Oh, it's not near as important as one guy jogging through a neighborhood, is it, getting killed? One guy. And how about the thugs in Louisiana and up in Wisconsin? They had rap sheets a mile long, just like this piece of human debris that ran over people. His rap sheet's so long they got to get a computer with extra hard drive to get some more RAM on it to print it out. And the DA brags about it. Yeah, I said he's free. What of it? Deal with it, Whitey. That's the essence of what he said. I'd let him out again. I'll let him out now. Did you read what this man said? The DA. This is the district attorney. This is the law, man. So you realize Wisconsin is lawless, and apparently 
Texas is right behind you. So don't get to bragging. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is what's happening. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, whether it's a DA Rubenstein or whatever his name is in Colorado, uh, you know, uh, signing the uh, the the warrants to go break down doors uh, of people trying to look into the election. Uh, it's 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 everywhere. It, it, there's just a different shade of it and a different, um, you know, uh, Franklin Graham's group is uh, Billy Graham's group that Franklin is now running. Uh, they've been down in Mississippi, you know, uh, providing the impetus to force these shots on people down there because there wasn't anybody taking it down there. And so... We got to have got to have the Christian organization get in here and show everybody that it's the right thing to do and that it's a okay. And and frankly, this is this is exactly what this message was about was about secret societies, the United Nations, and being united against God. Um, this this harlot of harlots, this this Jewish organization called Judaism. Um, the whole thing, and you know, I, as you know, well, I brought it out in a couple of fellowships ago. You know, the idea that that sometimes when we're talking, people sometimes get the wrong idea and think that the only thing that's going on is complaining, and mm-hmm. it's the first thing from the truth because. We've been trying to awaken people. So while they're listening to things today that are opening their eyes and awakening them more and more to what's going on, we've been there. We've been Mm -hmm. awakened. And Mm -hmm. so I I really do believe the Holy Spirit just came over me and I've got all these thoughts. And it just—I don't even didn't even know if they really made sense. But I just began to write, and and I wrote probably 15 pages of handwritten thoughts. And I was ready that this this has got to be put together in a message about secret societies because I know people have done a lot of work on secret societies, the Masons and so forth. I don't need to reinvent that wheel. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Those guys, have they've done work. They've documented their work. They've put lots of effort into it and done all, everything. That's, and, and the thought just occurred to me, why in the world do we have secret societies operating in a Christian society? Well, the answer to that is as plain as the nose on your face. It's not a Christian society. That mm-hmm. society has been supplanted. That society mm-hmm. was the society that used to exist over 200 years ago in this country. And mm-hmm. people cannot wrap their arms around this. They cannot wrap their head in this. And I think that's why I just sat there and I could not bring myself to put in this into a message because it's like nobody cares to hear it. But then I was re-inspired, I'm sure, by the Lord today 
And all I could think of as I wrote the last page, I said, this is for one person. This message is for one person. One person who's in one of these secret societies. Because this isn't a message about all of the ins and outs and the 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 egocentrics, the well, I'm looking for the word, the eccentricities or whatever of the secret society, because somebody's already done that work. I'm sorry, I'm not the guy that needs to redo it. And if that's what you're looking for is for, for that, I would just defer you to just do an internet search and find whatever you can about it and, and, and take a look at it. Take a review of it. Make some decisions on your own as to what you believe or don't believe or how you believe it or whether you think you need more information. But the thought occurred to me about these doggone secret societies and how can we as a Christian people go hand in hand with these secret societies. And as I mentioned, Franklin Graham and that organization, you know, people look at these people and they think they're doing good. And I'm here uh-huh. to tell you that the second part of that message series that I have is that they're not doing good. They are cloaked in righteousness to do evil. Uh-huh. Like the Shriners Hospital. <laughs> You know, those are fighting words to people because they think, you know, you're not doing anything. And these people are out here doing these good works because they have not recognized that behind it all is the evil, sinister, wicked villains in the back of it all. They use these things as their cover. Hold on. Now you're describing the military. I am indeed describing military. I am indeed describing all of these associations, all of these affiliations, all of these feel-good groups and organizations. We, we had this cancer, you know, we've got cancer hospitals and the Cancer Society and all the rest of it. And all we have seen is more and more cancer and more, or pe- more and more people being subjected to some of the most diabolical of all kinds uh, of under the guise of treatment protocols. Is it any wonder that they're doing what they're doing with a shot now that they call a vaccine? It's all the disguise, the disguise as messengers of light. They are there to bring us to health and vitality and life and they're killing them. Uh-huh. And everybody is beside themselves about what's going on, that people are killing them. And I'm sitting here going, you don't understand these secret societies. You do not understand the United Nations. You people in America, you are no longer Americans. Uh-huh. You're no longer Christian Americans. In fact, you're no longer Christians at all. Yeah. Somebody took it from them. What's the story about leading the people away from God, the two twofold sons of hell? Yeah. When you lead them astray? And, and he tells us in his word, you do not follow a multitude to do evil, even if they're deceiving you. 
do not follow the multitude to do evil. If it is not plain to us that every war, every conflagration that we have been in since our own war for independence in America has literally been for the sole purpose of the destruction of Christianity, the destruction of the ways of Christ. Yeah. Because they are both the war of eighteen twelve. What about the war of eighteen twelve? Give us some background. When the British attacked uh, Washington D.C., burnt it to the ground, which was probably a good start. I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah. then uh, then we beat them in um, the Battle of New Orleans. And I think we had a Christian who ended up being president. Was it another diversion? I don't know, but it wasn't, uh, I never heard anything that was anti-Christian. I mean, that people get sucked into wars for the, because it's the, uh, the harvest of the Jew. Don't you suspect that when those guys met in Philadelphia that they controlled all the news, didn't they? And they probably decided, much like January 6th, that these articles of confederation were no good. They weren't serving the people. What we need is a document that serves the people. And again, I told you, is it like a bull serves a a cow? Is it that the kind of service they're talking about? Because can service be good or bad, Rich? Is there a good service and bad service? I don't even know what service means anymore. I'm going to look it up. While you're looking it up, um, anybody hear how... Graham is uh, doing after his heart surgery. Oh yeah, he's he's out. Yeah, he's out. And that's another thing is that Franklin Graham, you know, uh, was a victim of of the shot, but it's not being reported that way. Only those of us who are listening and paying attention to the signs and to the indicators of of the detrimental effects of the shot, um, yeah, he, he goes in for a, a, a surgery on per, for pericard, uh, uh, pericarditis, which is the hardening of the a muscle uh, surrounding the heart, making it work harder. But, you know, that guy... Uh, 
that's that's just another one of these things. For me to try to tell people that Billy Graham is not who they think Billy Graham was, um, and then to tell them that Franklin Graham is also not who they think Franklin Graham is, um, and and to provide you know context to it. You, you, you're just looked at as as just some kind of a crazy kook, and yet you're trying to reach your brothers and sisters in Christ and open their eyes to some things. And that's where I think at, at some point I just thought, what is the point of putting the message out? I don't know that anybody will even really get it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just think, well, I don't... I don't even know if anybody's really, you know, wants to get it. But as I said, I felt moved here again this week. And, you know, if one person, one person that's a member of these secret societies, you know, thinks about it and and does some investigating of his own secret society, and then then it will all be it will all be worth it. I will have spared one man or one woman from the destruction that was surely coming upon them for remaining in it. And they are masterful at disguising themselves as angels of light. Do do y'all want to hear what Service means when when you hear Pelosi talking about her service from the old French word service, servitude. From Latin servitium, slavery, condition of a slave, servitude. Also, slaves collectively. From servus, slave meaning the act of serving, occupation of attendant servant is attested from uh, 1200 B.C. as is that of assistance help uh, from late 14th century. Meanings, state of being bound to undertake tasks for someone or someone's direction labor performed or undertaken for another. Uh, employment as a soldier. The military has an as an occupation. The night was a, see, a sense of service or employment in a court or administration from the 13th Hundreds, as is that of a military service, especially by a knight, employment as a soldier. Okay, so so is service, is that something to be, to make a hero out of somebody that's, that's a serve, servant, servitude? Uh, I don't know. Jesus served his people, didn't he? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, let's flip over to Romans chapter 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God. 
So I guess if you're going to serve, you better make real sure you're serving the right master, right? Amen. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God. Verse 2 is in parentheses, which means it was added later, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. It's, it's, it's a nice addition for context, and if people read it for that context, they would then learn, have to come to the knowledge and understanding of who it was which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of God, uh, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship and obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be his saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a servant, like you say, you really need to know that you are serving. And the the thing about the servant part and the slave. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul even refers to himself. I think it might be in Ephesians. Um, refers into uh, uh, himself as as slave. Um, maybe it's more farther along in Romans 1 here. Um, I think we touched on it while we were talking about what happens when one dies because Paul had made that reference in Corinthians. Um, Perhaps perhaps that's where it is, but um, he actually uses the word of uh, being a slave to Jesus Christ, as I as I recall. Uh, is that ringing a bell to anybody? Um, well, you're 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 making the point that slavery sometimes, under a certain criteria and the right conditions, it's a good thing. So it's like a benevolent dictator. Well, that that could be a fallacy of um, what a lot of people think indentured servitude was back in the 1600s, where it was almost always white people. And the uh, the white they for their passage over, they were in slavery for seven years, and then the uh, there was certain ways the owners could make them serve more and more and more time and actually get their entire lifetime of slavery. Mm-hmm. I know Hoskins so talks about Hoskins talks about um, indentured servitude where they were given businesses and things like that, but that wasn't that was really rare. 
They were well, kidnapping they were people it. off the streets of London. Uh-huh. Hundreds of thousands of people were slaves. Mm-hmm. And that um, somebody else's will is imposed on you, right? And so, That's right. So being having Jesus' will is a a recipe for success in life. Whereas non-Jesus' will is a recipe for disaster. Didn't he say that um, I don't call you servants, but friends? Right. Yeah. A servant does not know what his master does, but I have called you friends because you are going to know what the master is doing. Um, in Matthew chapter 20, um, verses 25, I believe, um, yeah, this is an interesting one because of what's, you know, the, the esoteric and the exoteric message. Jesus called them, I'm in Matthew 20, verses 25, probably 28 here. Jesus called them unto him. Um, You recall what led up to this for context is you had had, um, the request of James and John, uh, the mother, asking, you know, that they be seated in a certain position and Jesus called the the ten unto him and he says you know that the princes of the Gentiles meaning the nations exercise dominion over them and they that are great exercise authority upon them but it shall not be so among you but whosoever will be great among you let him be your minister, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And part of everything that we've learned in the Gospels was Jesus inspiring the apostles to go out into the world and teach the people the truth, the true truth. And that's part of the process. If, if people are going to criticize and, and, and present, I guess, an idea that somehow someone is not doing something. Um, That's always interesting to me because why is it always that somebody else who's got airtime or airspace or, you know, whatever, they're the ones that are able to go ahead and continue to inform and advise or 
constructively criticize. And the rest of the people are supposed to become the, I guess, the, the you know, the little worker bees and, and so forth. And that's the way it's projected. But Jesus doesn't want us operating that way. He wants us in service to one another, for one another. And the first thing to recognize in what he said here is that we don't want to be lorded over by one another. And if we're going to continue to desire to be lorded over by this system of corrupt government, then by all means, save it. By all means, participate in the next election for the sole purpose of of doing that. But if you really, truly want to serve Jesus, then you have to serve Jesus by serving the will of God who sent him. You cannot participate in the works of darkness on the one hand while saying, that you're in service to the will of the master, to the will of the creator, on the other hand. Because one is counterintuitive to the other one. But this is what humanity, and certainly the biblical Israelites, have never seemed to have learned. What God wants of the people is not a sacrifice, It's obedience to the will of the Father that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. The people still do not get the whole idea of their 5013Bs and their 401Ks and all the rest of the alphabet. They do not understand, and their retirement packages from their school administrators and so forth. This all has to go. We teach our children. You have so much money that you earn through your labor. You put it on a pile on the table. And you say, this is what the cost of goods are that we use in order to survive, be it clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, or food in our belly. And you take that and you push it over here, and you go buy that. And then you keep going at that pile. But you're never allowed to spend more than the original pile. We get it, we know it, and yet we allow a government with impunity to go at this 
over and over and over again. And you know, Russell, you bring up a great point. I'll just bet you in 2022, there will be some economic package that's just going to have to be passed. And in 2024, there's going to be some other economic package that's going to have to be passed. Or there'll there'll be a threat used against us, right? Isn't that how they do the bullies? Yeah. You will not get your school aid if you do not do this. You will not get your school aid if all the children are not vaccinated. After all, we're trying to control population here. You know, you people Uh really need to get on board with this, you know. You don't like it when we come right out and say that we really need to control population. So we try to do it in secret, in the dark, and in an underhanded way, and then you still get mad at us. You know, you made me think of something. This guy down in Georgia shoots this this predator guy and says it was in self-defense. And yet, we have an actor, this famous actor, what's his name? He points a loaded gun at a lady's head, pulls the trigger, and said it was on an accident, and he gets off scot-free. I mean... How can you not know when you pull a trigger of a gun that there is a chance it could be loaded? Alec Baldwin. He's scot-free. It was just a misfortune for the producer lady, the other person that got shot. How do you shoot two people with one unloaded gun? What is it, Derek? You know, my question to you, and I don't mean to divert, but is the FBI always hovering over all of America with videotape going? Or is it just the hot spots? Do you ever it's wonder about that? It's in advance. It's really starting to look at it like all these things are staged, and we wouldn't be surprised, would we? How can that you know kid that was fully, How can a kid that was acquitted on all charges come out and say he supports Black Lives Matter? You know, we saw something strange, and um, my wife pointed something out. She was on some website. And it looked like the courtroom was green screened. One of the guys, his foot went right through the floor that was in the background. And then I noticed that uh, every time I saw the the, uh, opposing attorney facing the judge, his hair was sparkling like he had high sheen stuff in his hair, brill cream or something, and it was like sparkling, and I'm going like, something strange going on here. Mm-hmm. 
Real strange. Yeah, if you get a chance to see any of the courtroom stuff, when you see the side shots of the prosecuting attorney, his hair is like all sparkling. The bald guy? Are you talking about Rittenhouse, Charles? Not the bald guy, the jerk. The one the that in the the uh, is, uh, fifteen right at the jury. Looks like a Jewish comedian. Burger. Yep, that'd be the him. Mm-hmm. Well, Doug, were you aware that uh, that if you wanted it, you could pull up a drone video of just about anywhere from the FBI? No. Yeah, me neither. I wouldn't be surprised, but you know, pretty nice uh, call a good one. I think it's a good one. Well, <laughs> tax you know, dollars hard at work. Well, here's the thing: is there's all these satellites now that are out there, and this latest internet um, Starlink service. Um, they've got thousands of these in a lower orbit and um, you know, the providing you know an internet service, a satellite internet service basically. So I you know again, this is government business partnership. Well, it's mm-hmm. government business partnerships, you see. Um, uh-huh. You know, we give you a, we give you a couple billion uh, to put your satellites up, and you're going to provide your cell service or um, internet service, and and in the future probably most likely cell service. And so we're in a partnership together. And when we need to, you know, uh, I guess either com- commandeer one of your satellites. To get an over overview shot of something, uh, we'll just commandeer it, and that may very be well be why it was as grainy as it was, was because it wasn't from a drone a thousand feet up; it was from a satellite maybe ten thousand feet up. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. forty thousand feet up. So. Um, uh, you know. Well, the way I understood it, Doug, is that um, they had the high-quality image, but they only gave they knocked it down when they copied it and gave it to the yeah. defense after the uh, after the uh, so, evidence was was so up. Tell me how that was ruled a mistrial immediately when they found that out. Yeah, I'm wondering about that one myself. Uh-huh. Any of you guys see well, him on Tucker last night? No, but I heard no. they're coming after him. Yeah. He was he was smooth as butter. That was like no 17-year-old kid I ever heard talk. He was... <laughs> Well practiced and coherent and smooth. Yeah, I saw him on the stand. That's what I'm wondering: Are we getting played? 
I think we are. I think we are, too. How can he come out and say he fully supports Black Lives Matters? That means he's a cop. Yeah, really. Did you see those shots he made? Did those look like an amateur rolling on his back, catching the guy right in the heart? It's another, I mean, those were spectacular shots for a kid that didn't even own the AR, did he? I think he did. Well, he hadn't had it long. He said he always wanted one, 17 years old. Under all that pressure, and he's getting really good shots off. Well, it wasn't at any distance. It was the the guy was at the end of the barrel of the gun. You know, yeah. it's like he yeah, it, pretty tough to miss. That didn't take a real high high marksman in order to hit the mark. So, but he he did. He got him, and uh, you know, uh, yeah. As far as what it all means, and and whether this is uh, just part of the part of the charade, I. I uh, I find it difficult to consider that because, um, you know, the the whole orchestrated event of, of the Black Lives Matter protest on the Jacob Blake, uh, you know, again, it's another one of these false narratives that, that media peddled, and that is that Jacob Blake died, and he actually did not die, and he never did die. But as long as you tell a lie long enough and and enough times, it'll travel halfway around the world, and and that lie will be believed by nearly everybody. So uh, well, he also but, said that um, Lynn Wood ripped him off. I found that pretty strange. I heard an interview with Lynn Wood and um, some broadcast guy and. Linwood ended up telling them to believe in Jesus Christ and read his Bible. But they supposedly they took in um, donations of $2.6 million. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they left them in the juvenile jail for an extra three weeks or something like that when he could have got out. And he blamed Linwood for that. But it sounds like when you heard Lynn Wood's side of the equation, it was a. He said he didn't have that part of the uh, attorney's privilege. But there's some strange loose ends in this thing that aren't lining up exactly right. Kind of like the car driving down the parade. Aren't there policemen at these parades? Shouldn't somebody have shot this fool? Where are the cops? Did they get? He was a black guy, though. You can't shoot a black guy in that town. Well, one of the reports one one of the reports indicated that an officer attempted to shot at him, but under the conditions of the parade and so forth, uh, uh, you know that again to me just it it makes no sense to me. I mean. If you've got a barricade and that vehicle is coming through that barricade, I don't know. It would seem to me that all of your training would be that that guy has got to be stopped. 
he's heading down a parade from behind. Nobody will be aware and be made aware of what's about to happen. You've got to disable that thing and get it down no matter what. If you wind up innocently, you know, taking somebody out as a result of a stray bullet or otherwise, it seems to me that that vehicle, your training tells you, has got to be taken down. It cannot be allowed to stay mobile. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't get it. You know, again, it's it's more of the same. And and using your analogy, Doug, you, using your analogy to take a man that has committed crime after crime after crime and turning him loose in society, it's the same thing, isn't it? It is. And, and, and again, I believe these individual prosecutors have to be Title 42'd. They have to be individually sued for their actions. Mm-hmm. That's apparently what Title 42 was all about. And again, where is the legal system? Where are the attorneys? And the reason is we've got to come to grips with it. These attorneys that, you know, how many of them are Masons themselves? They go into these secret societies and they become who they become, whether prosecutors or maybe they work in a law firm and and it's a highly regarded law firm that takes defense cases and, you know, all criminal cases and all sorts of others as well. But the bottom line is these people are not willing to take on the machine. They really aren't. And um, that simply is because of all that, you know, they would experience in terms of loss of their own, uh, whether it's prestige and, and other things. But every one of these prosecutors who has let one of these people go, every one of these judges that has let one of these people go and given them a free hand and they've gone out and they've committed crimes, that's where we need to begin is right back with Title 42s to hold these people individually accountable for the result. In other words, what I'm saying is if, if a woman who's being raped and a bunch of bystanders can go to the rape on and the activity, and they can all be held liable and accountable, then why does not the same uh, thing apply to somebody who has all of the elements of letting somebody have everything that is necessary for them to continue to commit crime against innocent people. So to me, there's no difference in that. And, and of course, that's, that's of course, righteousness. It, it makes sense to us that those people would be held accountable. If they were held accountable, then it, it would be an entirely different thing. But once again, we don't have God's law being applied. And whether you're applying God's law or not, in this case, you're using man's law, which allows for a Title 42 lawsuit against individuals in government who have failed in their duties or otherwise provided the, you know, the, the avenue for something to occur. 
and there's an accountability in that. So, you know, again, if America is going to restore anything, as I said, whether it's God's law or a constitution, it really doesn't matter. What matters is whether or not the enforcement is there. And there's no enforcement still in this constitution for anybody who lies about another person who's, who's running for a political office. There's, there's nothing in the document that stops that. The only thing that stops that is bearing the false witness, and that, again, is back to God's law. So um, it's uh, uh, politicians have been lying about each other since day one. You can take a U.S. senator senator and murder a young lady and get not only get by with it you become a a hero well he's owned by the individuals that need to own senators and congressmen and that's but, our first clue that, that's our first clue that as far back yeah. as then um, that that person is a useful tool now Mm-hmm. To those who need, who who control, who control congressmen mm-hmm. and senators, that person is a useful tool. That's why these people are in there. That's why they get into these positions of office. And now people say, well, you know, there's good people in there. You know, uh, um, uh, Ron Johnson it- from Wisconsin left a business career, went in there to try to do something to right the ship in Congress. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there are men that can go in and can, um, you know, suffer through uh, a couple of terms. And as you know, Ron Johnson is ready to get out. You can imagine, you know, 12 years or eight years of, of fighting to to try to correct something while you're being beat up the whole time yourself. No, that's no reason to quit or anything else. But it wears on a person. And Ron Johnson yeah. is no young young man anymore. And the problem is is bigger than Ron Johnson. The problem goes, you know, so deep and it requires America to recognize how deep it goes. And it's gotta go all the way back to the money system and it's gotta go all the way back to going hand in hand with people that do not profess Jesus, the Son, as is required in order to be in this land or in a land of a people that follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's just as simple as that. You cannot go hand in hand with these people. You cannot sing Kumbaya with them and that we all serve Mm -hmm. the same God. No, you can't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and last night, Doug, at uh, I guess it was about twelve o'clock. Uh, Teddy Kennedy's nephew comes on the radio for about an hour and exposes all the lies of the pharma pharmaceutical companies in this this uh, pseudo vaccine. 
And I'm thinking, yeah. this is a Kennedy? And he was actually putting out some good information. Yeah, he's been at it in the Children's Defense Fund. He's been at it for years. And, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to, yeah, I'd, I'd like to believe that, that everything that he's been trying to do is, I you know, I think some of the Kennedys saw um, what was going on in the upper echelons of government. I really do. I think uh, John Kennedy himself understood some things and uh, was killed for it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, uh, but Teddy Kennedy, he became a useful, he became a useful tool. He could sit right there. They could keep him in mm-hmm. there and he would do everything that they needed him to do. And he did. Mm-hmm. Or, or else. Right. So, well, I know it's approaching so, the top of the hour again. Go yeah, ahead. I was just going to say, the lamenting has gone on. Let's do some praise and thanks prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for thank you for allowing us to read your word. At the end of the day, it is available for us to read. Thank you for that. And thank you for the victories, as Rich has told us. Many times there are victories that we need to be thankful for in this this ravaged land that we live in. God, we thank you for the victories. And you answered our prayer. I think that, that Lord, I think you answered prayer last week and you do it a, a lot. So we thank you for that. We ask for forgiveness of our sin. And your judgment starts with your people. So let us, again, start, repent, and say, Lord, we want to live according to your rules and your will. That's our prayer tonight, Jesus. In your holy name, we ask it. Amen. 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 doers and the evil 
wherever it has been, to show us all of the avenues in which it's been being done all around us. The cloak of secrecy, guise of darkness, has revealed it all, Father, and you told us this is the way it would be. We thank you for your word and the truth of your word and pray, Father, for the people's eyes to be opened and continue to come to an understanding that they need to turn wholly to you. That's our prayer, Father, is that we continue to guide and direct and be a, an awakening force your gospel message to your way, the way that you told us was a light yoke and a light burden. And so we ask and we give thanks. Bless the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, man. Amen. Amen. You all have a good evening. Good night. And we'll catch up with you next time. Right, okay. Thank you, Doug.